I don't think we don't look at it as like, oh, what a failure I am. Mm -hmm. And last month or last year, last five years, what a waste. I'm such a failure. I think we, we need to look at it. it. It's a, it's a, it should be purely a positive experience. We're like, oh, cool. Like I've discovered an area in my life that I can do better. And now I'm excited about it because I know better and now I can do better and I can improve from here. Hello everyone. And welcome to the stronger, healthier, happier podcast. We are very excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, that we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are on episode 31, everybody. Here we are. We are in our empty gym. Our the very dogs. quiet, empty. Yeah. It's not that sad. It's just it's just kind of sad. Just a little bit sad. Yeah, but we are hanging out here this morning, getting some stuff done. Uh, hit a workout this morning, and now we're chilling with our dogs at the gym. So we might hear them barking throughout this episode, but... Uh, we are going to soldier on and drive our way through episode 31. Yeah, what have you been up to? We, um, well, we just got, we just had an announcement yesterday. So today is February, February. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> today is June 10th. Um, and we just heard yesterday that I don't think we'll be opening. We're still trying to find the legal documents that tell us that we are not allowed to run classes but on the bright side it looks like we're going to be able to legally uh hang out with friends in our backyard so we'll take it that We've is exciting been, considering yeah. we we're starting to lose track of days <laughs> and months now apparently oh uh, yeah um so we're not even really going to dwell on the announcement because everyone feels the same way manitoba don't know what we're doing over here yeah <laughs> we've lost our way <laughs> and hopefully we find it soon but yeah, other provinces seem to be doing well yeah, we're always just a bit behind, <laughs> a bit behind with the trends and <laughs> everything. Um, we'll catch up. Uh, yeah, we we like leveling with you guys. To be honest, I I, I feel like we are very positive people. We want to be um, a beacon of hope, a beacon of light for people when they need us. Uh, we also don't like to pretend that we're also just like loving this and crushing life during this third lockdown. Um, so we're, yeah, we're just kind of hanging in there with you guys. And um, I think we just got to hang in there a little bit longer. Um, stay focused on the things we we can control. Um, yeah. The light is coming at the end of the tunnel. For we sure. know it's, we know it's coming. Uh, yeah. Numbers are going down so we can expect good things in the future just not as quickly as we would like them but that is life that is certainly the same story as our frozen embryo transfer i was supposed to be in uh victoria last week i don't even remember the days now because february or march i can't remember <laughs> yeah um and it turns out so you always go for an ultrasound a week before you're supposed to have the transfer just so they can make sure everything is looking good. And um, it turns out that my body's cycle is just so strong. It just blitzed right through the medication and did its own thing. 
And unfortunately, when that happens, you cannot transfer because they need the conditions to be perfect and they weren't. So here we are again. Um, I'm on some new medication to put my nice strong cycle and ovaries to sleep (laughs) so that even your cycle is strong yeah even my cycle is strong I should be proud um in the moment I was quite frustrated and yeah had a couple days of just feeling very frustrated and annoyed and wondering why this was so hard for us and then as always after a couple days the the clouds kind of clear and you realize that there are people in much worse situations um, that don't have a little Paxton at home yet and are still on the same journey as we are. So uh, we are hanging in there and we are hoping to be transferring early July if we can kind of get things on track here. So yeah, what do we have on the uh, agenda today? I think we got a little bit of everything going on. Um, I think it's been a while since our last podcast. We did the survival kit on episode 30. So I think we just made some notes. We just have to get back back into it here and uh, just keep just keep trucking along on this podcast because sometimes we let it go. Um, it's hard during lockdown because like almost literally nothing is kind of happening. So we well, sometimes run out of ideas. I almost think it's the opposite of the, you keep thinking, okay, but if we just do it next week, then we'll have like all these things to update or, you know, like we're going to hear something next week. So we just keep postponing it. And then really we should have just, yeah, just live your life. <laughs> just go by day by day. Stop thinking that something amazing is coming. Um, But we did hear a cool stat, and I think you heard it on a Simon Sinek podcast. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys ever want to check out another uh, another podcast, we don't recommend it. Only listen to us (laughs) forever. Just kidding. Um, If you're looking for another great podcast, my new favorite podcast, uh, besides Stronger, Healthier, Happier, just kidding, um, is A Bit of Optimism with Simon Sinek. Um, I think I've listened like four or five episodes. I've loved them all. He's fun to listen to. His guests are fun to listen to. But I, um, on one of the last podcasts, um, the stat was that for the podcasts that have got past um, episode 20, you're sitting in the, the top 10 percentile of uh, podcasts of all time. Um, I think 50% of podcasts don't make it past episode three and 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode 20. Um, That was the stat that was given on one of Simon Sinek's podcast and we are on episode 31 and we're not dishing out those stats to brag about our podcast, but it was like a good reminder to myself. And when I told Jen that it was like, it was a very cool moment where, we felt like we were like successful in doing this. And the point of my story is that 90% of people fail, not because they're not good enough, but the fact that they give up. And I don't think we're breaking any records with this podcast and we're happy with our 100 listeners, 200 listeners, 300, whatever we get each episode. Um, But it's something we enjoy and we just keep going. And I think sometimes we just get we get caught up in the word success or um, being the best at something or... Yeah, trying to make... I feel like sometimes we get almost 
stopped before we get started because we worry so much about creating this perfect episode yes. and you know should it has to be better than the last one and you know just overthinking it I guess yeah, instead and I of just doing the episode which yeah. is really what as you're saying is creating success yeah simply by just recording episode 21 you're now in the top 10 percentile of podcasts and I think we should take that lesson for everything that we do um, simply by just not quitting by working hard and keeping it going. Um, being consistent. Yeah, being consistent. You're going to get to that level of success that you're looking for. I think people, like you said, almost quit before they get going. And I think if we look at what we do here with health and fitness, the gym and nutrition, um, I don't think people fail at nutrition because they fail. They, they fail because they they get derailed at some point or they lose focus and they quit and then it's the backslide happens. So, um, you know, I, I think the message there, everybody is you, you just got to keep going and there's not, <laughs> I mean, we've done episodes and you know, this podcast is anything but, but easy and smooth for us. But I think, um, yeah, we've been proud to just kind of keep it going. And I just think that lesson for all of us to, um, to be in the top 10 percentile in anything I think is just, working hard and not quitting and you will get there. It, we don't know how long it's going to take. Um, results take time, take, you know, things could take months and years. It's just, you just got to not quit. You just got to keep going. Um, and you're going to get there. Yeah. I think, uh, just kind of changing topics a little bit, but we, some of the fun things that we've been doing, this summer and maybe even as a result of the closure. So trying to kind of see the positive too, is that we started the rocked running program and, um, I have been participating in the workouts and it has been just a ton of fun. I wouldn't say typically I love to run. Um, I don't love running long distances, just going nowhere. Uh, however, I have absolutely loved running these workouts because they are all, they kind of let me geek out a little bit and work and run off a pace. So it's not just how I feel that day and how long I feel like running. Um, there is a specific goal in mind and a specific pace in mind and a specific distance and specific total volume. Everything yeah. is um, calculated, Yes, which my brain really loves. And uh, yeah, I think it's been going really well. Um, adding in running volume at any time. I think we always need to be cautious of how much we're adding based on how much we've been done, how much we've done in the past. People always, um, I think, forget how high impact running is. It's like one of the highest impact things you can do on your body. Yes. And you've learned this from your pelvic floor courses yes. when, um, when people are returning to sometimes they think running is the first step and in yes. fact it's not yeah exactly it's there's so much to do before you would actually go for any amount of jogging even like a minute or two um thinking about you know carrying your weight doing 10 broad jumps in a row or jumping on one foot for a minute in a row so any injury or any nagging injury i mean if you can't complete those base movements returning to run, running can be challenging. Anyways, I think everyone's adapting really well and we've heard really positive feedback. Yeah, it's just important to, for everyone yeah. to know that. Um, like I, I, I love running. I love running because 
it's arguably the most functional movement. It's moving your body from point A to point B. So for functional fitness, for health, like you should be able to run. So I do love running. I love running with a purpose though. Mm-hmm. Um, super long, slow runs, maybe not my jam. Um, also, I've learned this from other high-level athletes and um, coaches and world-class people who are programming running workouts um, and, and kind of going off what Jen said too is being mindful of the the pounding, the stress on your joints. So I think there is always a, um, a healthy dose, a healthy level of running and there's a point where we maybe exceed that effective dose and then it just becomes, well, ineffective essentially yeah. where it's, um, it doesn't, it's not, we're not gaining um, anything in the fitness department. We are just kind of pounding our joints. Um, so I'm programming the rocked running workouts. I like to think I'm doing a good job because I'm trying to do my very best job. So I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I was doing <laughs> my best job. Uh, I'm doing my absolute best job with, um, yeah, coming out with different styles of running workouts so that they're, um, fun and enjoyable as much fun and enjoyable as we can make um, running workouts but Jen is kind of the the guinea pig where I ask her how they're all going and how they're feeling Um, we like to use different paces and different distances and different rest intervals trying to keep the total volume of running at a level where we're going to see some really good improvements without yes basically breaking your body yeah and that's the you know, one of the, the main ideas here, guys, is is like the, the minimum effective dose. So um, extremely effective, but minimum dose is kind of what we're after. It'd be no different than working on your back squat, right? There's a reason why strength programs will have five sets of five and you get five heavy sets in, you know, with warm-ups and, and things like that. And that's kind of the, the strength session for the day. There's, there's a reason why it's not 30 sets of five, right? You, you can take anything good and overdo it and overdo it. Exactly. Right. So just because, um, you know, running 400 meter repeats are awesome. doesn't mean we want to do a hundred of them. So, um, you know, I think a lot of our running workouts are kind of between, two to five K. Right. And I think that's a a very reasonable volume for a lot of people to get some running practice in. Um, it doesn't mean that running a 10 K once in a while is a bad thing, but we've learned through experience and through learning from other coaches that there, there is a effective dose, a healthy dose of running where we can improve. And then beyond that, it's just kind of wear and tear in the body. Um, yeah. So we're just being, very mindful of all that with the rocked running program and also keep in mind that everybody everybody is is a little bit everybody and everybody's body, body <laughs> is a little bit different so there have been a couple comments about like shin splints and you know i would i would attribute that to the same thing as doing wall balls right if you take somebody who hasn't done a lot of squatting or wall balls give them 100 wall balls they might not be able to walk normal for a week right? So maybe their effective dose might've been 30 or 40 in a workout with running, right? Just depends on how much running volume we've built up. But if you're getting shin splints or knee pain, like it's, it's, that's a, 
it's a very smart mechanism from your own body just to back off a bit, right? So mm -hmm. basically you start, you just need to do less, right? Start doing half of the volume in workouts or just one running workout per week. But um, those are just some signs of just like, yeah, just back off a bit and you can slowly build up the volume. But super important guys, more is not better. No, it's better is better. Um, and that's the point of the rocked running and, and all the programming at our gym and the elite programming that we see, right? Finding a good amount of work for you um, that's going to get you results. And then going above and beyond that, sometimes that's what people think is better. You know, oh, oh Zach programmed 4K today. Well, I'm motivated. Um, I'm going to do 8. I'm going to do 8K. And then it's like, no, actually... You doubled the distance and got half the results. Well, or if you programmed 400 meter repeats that equaled 2K and then someone just said, well, yeah, I just did a, I just ran 2K instead. Yeah. The 400 meter repeats uh, were too easy with the rest. So I just added it all up and ran 2000 yeah. meters in a row. And that for any coach or anybody out there who programs or any athlete that knows about programming, like that's a real... That's a real it's like nails head on the chalkboard. Yeah, <laughs> that's a real head scratcher there because there's always a purpose with workouts, right? If somebody said 400 meter repeats were too easy, the very simple answer is you were running too slow then. Right. Um, or yeah, not at the pace suggested or yes. something, something was off there. Um, but yeah, guys, I did that workout and they certainly were not easy. <laughs> yeah. We hope everyone out there is enjoying those rock running workouts. It's been uh, kind of a good side project while we're closed. Um, you can sign up online at rocked communityfitness.com and click on rocked running. You can join the program at any time. I think we're heading into week five, but it doesn't really matter. We're just numbering the weeks um, so people can keep track in their emails, but you can join in at week six, week 10, week 12. It doesn't really matter. Um, we're going to get some baseline numbers, um, a one mile time, an 800 meter time and a 400 meter time. And we're just going to improve those for sure throughout this summer. And, um, yeah, just hope everybody's having fun. Yeah. I think another thing we've been, we just launched this week actually has been a nutrition challenge at the gym. Uh, so that's been super exciting as well. And yeah, we just had a couple comments. I mean, not even comments, things that we've been chatting about at our house. And usually when we chat about things over and over and over, we write them on the fridge and they make their way onto the podcast. Yeah. I think it's so, like a rule of three. Like usually yeah. when we hear something a third time where it's brought up yeah. in three different people, three different situations. Um, yeah. We don't, we, we like the questions yeah. and just when it comes up a third time, we almost get excited because then we're like, oh, okay, boom, it, it's a common theme. Let's write it on the fridge and let's chat about it. So that's kind of, I think our, our rule of three that we've kind of been working on with clients Jen's heard this come up. Kelsey's heard this come up mm -hmm. um, or seen it. Um, we've kind of honed in on this now. We, we've seen it happen a few times. Um, yeah. So one of the, I guess, techniques or one of the measures that we sometimes use with clients is to take photos of their plates. And this is extremely, extremely helpful because it's sometimes really the only way that we can see that um, that plate method or just what's really on their plate. Otherwise, even in a tracker, you're kind of guessing at quantities or weights or whatever. Yeah. yeah and we want the photos for, to just to, just so we can see what they're actually consuming yeah. uh, at suppers. And again, we're looking for plate method. You probably heard this already, but plate method, we're going half plate of veggies, quarter plate starch, 
quarter plate protein. Um, the photos are um, basically to help us coaches make sure somebody's eating enough at these meals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not photos to, we're not obsessing over our plates or obsessing over calories or volume yeah. um, or limiting, restricting. Um, yeah. We're actually usually looking the other way. Yeah, exactly. And that is the point that we're bringing up today is that the the goal of any healthy habit building around nutrition is not to cut down the portions of the healthy foods in your life. Absolutely. So, yeah, because portions, like portion control and portions is a thing, everybody, mm-hmm. and it is important. But if we all analyze our own diets, myself included, Jen included, I don't have any issues with overeating broccoli. I don't know anybody (laughs) who has an issue with overeating apples. They're like, Zach, I got everything dialed in, but I'm eating 14 apples a day. (laughs) How do I stop eating 14 apples a day? That's never the problem, guys. So I think um, what we've seen with these photos, I've seen a couple times with my clients. Kelsey's seen the same with her clients. Um... And again, when I share information with Jen and we chat about it, it's just sometimes these plate method photos that we see, the portions are actually too small. Mm -hmm. And I think the mindset is that um, people are eager to do better and they're very excited to do better. So when they're they're having a good, healthy supper, then they're like, hey, well, I'm going to like really control my portions here. And I just think we, we need to really need to make sure that when we're having a awesome, healthy meal and it's... You've got your half plate veggies, quarter plate protein, quarter plate starch. Like we need to eat till we're full. So we don't want to cut down the portions of the healthy stuff and then, you know, kind of leave the meal half satisfied and then we're going to end up hungry later. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, three asparagus spears is not what we would deem half a plate of veggies or, you know, half a cucumber cut up. Like, I mean, it's just... Ultimately, maybe you do feel good in that moment, making, again, trying to make these, you know, better decisions. But the problem is, is that in an hour from now, you're going to be starving and then your willpower at that point might not be so great. And that's when you might reach for something else. So we're not saying eat until you're like sickly full, but these are the foods that you want to be eating so that you don't feel like snacking again in an hour or two hours. And I think like, again, portions is, is still a thing, but I'm saying the meat on your plate should be roughly like the size of your hand, right? Palm, at least palm. I would say palm and fingers for everybody. Welcome to our life. <laughs> Not sure if you guys can hear that, but uh, Shara's losing her mind right now. All right, so back to the plate method. Yeah, protein. I mean, it's got to be the size of your palm, and I would say palm and fingers. Um, your starch could be the same and then load up on veggies. So um, your plate doesn't need to be completely overflowing with food. Yeah, or you shouldn't feel like you, you get a gold. But again, most people, guys, most people are... Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, you guys. Go lay down. Go lay down. Uh, most people are under-eating veggies and under eating protein. So again, when we have the opportunity to eat more veggies and eat more protein, we need to take that. Um, That is going to help us with the rest of our day, right? It's the same thing as like, somebody's drinking too much pop, we want to 
drink more water. So sometimes by adding it more water, it accidentally has someone drinking less pop. If we are adding in more protein and vegetables, chances are people are going to snack less um, between meals. So um, yeah, big point there, guys. You don't need to cut down the portions of your healthy foods. Let's let's have a really good meal with those healthy foods. Um, eat till you're about 80% full um, and then kind of keep your day going. So um, hope that one helps. Yeah, second one coming from the, the nutrition challenge so far is just just the idea that I feel like a lot of times when you're asking people to change, and this is myself included, there's always resistance. We are very resistant to change our ways. Um, and I think part of that is because that we are attributing this need for change with a failure, um, meaning that you're being asked to change because you failed at what you're doing. And that is absolutely not the case. Um, it is having a growth mindset. So if we take a growth mindset, we can always be better. You can always be better no matter what. So it's just a, a, a an opportunity to be a little bit better. No better, do better. It doesn't mean that what you were doing yesterday or five years ago or 10 years ago was this complete failure. It just means that you've learned something and you're going to take it and try and make a little change in your life to see if you can make yourself a little bit better. Yeah. We just need to look at it like there is no failure. There's just learning. There's just learning and getting better because no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at, um, in, in this, um, topic we're, we're going off nutrition, but no matter where you're at, there's going to be somewhere to improve. So, I mean, I feel like I've been working on my fitness and nutrition now for, uh, 10 years. Um, probably since, I mean, yeah. I was technically working on, on it probably my whole life and in university, but we'll just say post-university, probably a bit more focused on this life. So working on it for 10 years straight and Jen and I are still like working on things and tweaking things and, Hey, I've realized like, you know, with a bit of tracking, I'm under eating protein or, um, I'm, I don't know if I'm getting half plate of veggies with my, with my suppers, like things like that. So we're also working on it, but I don't think we don't look at it as like, Oh, what a failure I am. Mm -hmm. And last month or last year, last five years, what a waste. I'm such a failure. I think we, we need to look at it. it it's a, it's a, it should be purely a positive experience. We're like, Oh, cool. Like I've discovered an area in my life that I can do better. And now I'm excited about it because I know better and now I can do better and I can improve from here. I think, um, it's a much more, sad existence to want to improve and you just can't find anything to work on right which is ultimately impossible and never the case but the the person who thinks they got everything like perfectly dialed in i don't know i don't know if i want to be around that person they <laughs> like this just doesn't sound like a fun person to be around i think yeah, all of us being open something. to we're we're making mistakes and that's okay. We're going we're gonna to improve on them. Um, I love this line from Bed Bergeron too. When I went to one of his camps, he said like, it was, this was in regards to his gym, but he said, we are currently making a lot of mistakes. And my ears perked up and I was kind of confused. He just said, we just don't know what they are yet. And I thought, oh, that's such a like genius way to go through life. Like 
even right now, Jen and I with our gym, with this podcast, with our parenting, with our nutrition, like just owning, yeah, we are, we are making mistakes. Um, we just don't know them yet. And when we do figure them out, now we know better. Now we're going to do better. So I think like, um, I just think nutrition is a very touchy, touchy subject. Um, I've often heard like nutrition is like religion or like politics. People get very defensive about their nutrition. Um, and I think it's just because it's, it can be difficult to maybe realize something we've been doing for a year, five years, 10 years was not the best way. And I, I think now we don't need to look at it that way. We just, what's the next little step forward and go from there. Well, I think that it's also looking at what you're doing and ultimately is it leading you to the place that you want to be in 10 years is, is what you're doing keeping you on that path or is it actually derailing what you're trying to accomplish? And sometimes it's hard to look at nutrition or anything that you're doing to say something you're doing is leading you away from your own goals. Um, so it is super tough, but it's just, yeah, it's just, just a reminder. Yeah, yeah. And just honest self-reflection. But I think just taking that, uh, that, that moment, that experience where we are going to be learning and improving we need to, we need to reframe that as it should be positive, right? Like if I'm in the gym working on my clean and jerk, right? It's better, it's better for my ego to think I'm lifting perfectly. I got nothing wrong, right? And if a coach says something to me, Hey Zach, when you are pulling the bar off the ground, you have like this slight early arm bend. And I think if we work on that, you're going to get more power, right? And it's very easy to be to be mad, like, oh man, I'm such a loser. Um, I'm not lifting well, right? But I think the the growth mindset athlete, the elite athlete who's eager to get better is gonna be like, oh cool, okay, now I have something to work on. Um, so I think with nutrition or anything, if somebody is able to offer you some constructive criticism or just a little area that you can work on, we should be thankful. Absolutely. And our last little, we'll say, piece of conversations that we've been chatting about tidbits. a lot. Tidbits. This is a tidbit. We um, gotta, tidbit. We'll come up with a catchy name here. We don't have it right now, but the title of this podcast will be something tidbits or tidbit something. It'll be catchy. Um, is just about getting the most out of your strength session. So a lot of people are working out at home right now. But even when we're in the gym, I think there's... There's a lot of confusion when we have something, let's just say that it is back squat day and it says five sets of five. I would say the majority of people are only concerned with that very last set of five. And that last set of five will determine whether or not they had a good lifting day or a bad lifting day. So basically if they can PR or near PR their back squat, it'll be a good day. And if not, then it wasn't such a good day. And I think we're here to reiterate that that is not how you should be deciding on your back squat day. Yeah. And uh, this conversation, I mean, I, I've, I think I've talked about this before. Um, I've definitely thought of it a lot before. Um, it kind of got, this topic came up again. We were meeting with, um, meeting with a client and we got into a conversation about getting the most out of your strength session. Um, that client's name, uh, Richard Froning, I think, was maybe the meeting we had. No, that was just a joke. But um, we were having, yeah, a discussion about, um, well, I mean, anybody who wants to get stronger. And we do quite a bit of strength work 
in our CrossFit programming, as do every other gym we're aware of. Um, and we have an hour to get our workout in and we have these, these, these working sets that we're going to complete. But I think there's just a, a major difference between someone who is going to get the very most work out of those sets and someone who is going to try to hit the biggest number possible. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of mindset A and mindset B, right? The mindset A is I'm going to get a lot of work, the most strength work out of this possible. Mindset B is how heavy can I lift today? And I think when I started my fitness journey, I was probably B. It was just very exciting to hit PRs and put up big numbers on the board. Like I'm some sort of big dog in this gym. (laughs) 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 Um, It's very addicting and it's very, um, what's the word? Alluring. Yes. What's another word? Um, Like, yeah, it's very exciting to, it's fun. Just, oh, what can I lift today? What can I lift today? And yeah, well, and when you start every day's. Yeah. a better number so. but um when you know better do better um also this is your coach talking so you always got to listen to your coach and i need to also take this advice but um basically in our strength sessions guys there's there's working sets so working sets are the numbers we see on the board for example today we're going to go back squat five 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 so we see five fives on the board that means there's five working sets of five reps so basically, the goal, the mindset we need to have is how do we get the most out of this strength session, okay? Athlete A is going to, athlete for this example, athlete A and athlete B have the same strength numbers, right? But athlete A is going to get the most out of this set. He or she knows that they need to get a very good warm-up in so that they can start their working sets at a fairly heavy weight. Athlete A hits 315 pounds for the first set of five. And whoa, it was a really tough set. So athlete A is just going to hit 315, 315, 315, 315, 315, all five sets at the same weight. Very, very hard work. All the sets were super tough. Yeah, it doesn't mean that, we'll say he in this situation, um, couldn't go heavier. This is just, this isn't, they were very tough as it is. Yeah, and, and they started, yeah, started, started at a higher weight, more difficult. And just stayed there for all five sets. Okay. Athlete B was licking their chops, belting up, and just being like, I'm just throwing the biggest five that I can up there today. So set one, they did 225, much lower than that initial 315 from athlete A. So athlete B went 225, 255, 285, 315 for set four, and then hit 325 for set five. So athlete B lifted a heavier weight in that strength session 325. If we add up the total poundage for those sets, athlete A lifted more weight for more sets over the course of those five sets. Okay, the 315 for all five sets adds up to 1575. Athlete B's weights added up to 1405. And that's just a, uh, an example to show people that if we're going for total poundage lifted, um, starting off really light and finishing really heavy is going to result in less overall work, which in my opinion is going to lead to less 
overall gains in strength mm-hmm. than the athlete who's actually going to work harder and hit heavier sets. So they're, they're putting in serious work into the sweat bank and looking for long-term success. The other athlete is just kind of looking for short-term success. What's the heaviest I can lift today? So I, I think just the mindset when you're going into a strength session is putting your ego completely aside and thinking what is the most what what is the most I can do to get out of this strength session? And it's usually a result um, of, of getting a better warm-up, starting your sets a little bit heavier than you're used to, perhaps not finishing as heavy. Uh, as you would if you're just going for a five rep max, but five sets of five at 80 to 90% is like a really, really good day mm-hmm. um, versus the, the the athlete who goes five sets of five and they started at 50%, 60% built up all the way to 90, right? They did have one set that was higher, but overall not as good of a strength session. I hope everybody um, and all that math and numbers can can kind of sink into your brain, but Um, Well, and I think an important part of that is that in this case, both athletes A and B knew where that set started. So often we'll ask people, well, what set are you on? And they say, well, I don't know. That's the first step. (laughs) That's the first mistake. You should know where your warm-up ends and where your your work begins. And that goes to say that It's not just 20 minutes to keep building. If we wanted you or if your coaches wanted you to build up to your heaviest set of five, they would put five RM on the board or five rep max. That's what we want. Or one set of five or it will say build to your heaviest five. Yeah. So a five RM is not the same as five, 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 five. Correct. Got it. Um, Yeah. Hope that helps everybody. Again, the goal is to lift well and get stronger and make you the best athlete you can be. So these tips aren't to hold you back. I'm not telling you to squat less weight. I'm telling you to squat more weight in that strength session. And going off Jen's point is understanding the sets that are written on a board, right? The sets that are on the board are working sets. Working sets means we need to be working really hard. Um, Anything leading up to those sets is warm up. Warm up is kind of easy. So if uh, I asked Jen, was that a warm-up set or a working set? And if she replies, hmm, I'm not sure, then I say, it's a warm-up set then. Like, you need to be like, whoa, that was a hard set. Boom, there's set one. Yeah. Um, so you need to be working working really hard on set one. That could be the simplest way to put that last 15-minute conversation yeah. um, into one, one line. Work really hard on set one and go from there. Um, and I, I caught up with a Coach Andrea um, at the track this week, um, just by chance, of course. And she was saying that she's actually used this, this kind of technique, especially at home, because sometimes, and lately especially, we've been doing waves, which means that we do, you know, 642-642 or 753-753. And again, you don't want to just look at that last set of three to determine how well that that squat session went so often she'll just add up the poundage from those sessions and even compare it to her, her days of doing the the back squat five 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 and so she said you know that just gives her a really great idea of um just the overall work put put in in that session instead of focusing on that very last 
um, that last number. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's another great example. If we're going back squats or front squats, um, the waves that Jen just had, 642, 642, right? Somebody might look at that and be like, 642, 642, sweet. I'm going for a two rep max, right? And no, the take coach it, wrote 642, all, yeah, 642. Yeah. And I think the right way to look at that is, I'm going to hit that six as heavy as I can and then take it from there. Yeah. Not dogging the six, four, two, six, four. And then, okay, <laughs> here <laughs> we go. Yeah. Cause that's the lifting for show. Um, but making sure we, we get the most out of every single set that's on the board. And, um, yeah, that Andrew example is perfect too. And when you're, when you're doing those sets guys too. So if I go back to the six, four, two, six, four, two, whatever weight you lift for the six, that weight times six, that was the poundage for that set. Then the set for the four, whatever you hit for that four, that weight times four. And then when you hit for the two, that weight times two reps. So when you hit a really, really solid weight and then get the times it by six, all of a sudden you're realizing, okay, the, the total poundage I'm lifting in those sets, the sixes are as important or more important than yeah. the two. So um, hit all those sets heavy and then you'll start to realize after a strength session, like your legs will almost be vibrating. You're like, whoa, like that, that's how I get stronger. So um, again, that example, six, four, two, six, four, two, the first six, four, two are also working sets. So don't, don't make this first six, four, two, like super light. And then you're going to bring it for the second set. Um, it, it's finding a way to know your numbers better, get a better warm up. You can start each strength session, um, basically where you should be lifting at a, at a heavier starting weight. Yeah. Good there. Go get it guys. Our last uh, segment today, that was the word I was looking for earlier today with the, the tidbit Tidbits, segment. Right. <laughs> uh, we're going to do a quick light side, dark side on dun, 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 biometrics. biometrics. Uh, light side, dark side, guys. We did this a few episodes. It's basically a topic. We could do this on a lot of different topics, but it's like an idea or a topic where there's pros and cons. Which um, there is to everything. And we're Star Wars nerds. Um Jen's officially Aww, a Star Wars nerd now. Yeah, that's really nice of you yeah. to say. Um, so instead of pros and cons list, sounds so boring. Light side, dark side. Um, but on a side note, Paxton is heavy into Star Wars right now. I can't imagine why. And my knowledge is like soaring through the roof. I'm pulling out characters from like hidden places. Zach, does it, I'm like, I'm really getting up there. Yeah, it's quite Star funny because we're having like serious <laughs> yeah. conversations about... Okay, when am I flying to Victoria to get this frozen embryo transfer? And Zach, what's the what's that character's name? What what's his home planet? Uh, Kashyyyk. That's where the Wookiees are from. Okay, good. And what are we having for supper tonight? So like the 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 deep Star Wars knowledge is like part of our like important. Uh, well, when your two-year-old daughter says, "Who's well, this?" Tell me, tell me stories about Darth Vader. I'm like, I got to dig deep here. Like, it's not just who is that? She wants the backstory now. Yeah. She wants to know what, what color <laughs> lightsaber. What was his lightsaber before the red one? How did he get the mask? Yeah, it's quite funny. Okay, back to biometrics. Okay, so light side, dark side of biometrics. So biometrics, everybody, um, it's something we started taking at our gym when we started the nutrition program. So we have a, um, uh, a scale that we purchased. In body. In body, thank you. In body scale. Um, and it takes a few different biometrics. The main ones we look at for people is um, weight and body fat percentage. And the reason we take them, and this is the light side and dark side of, of biometrics, but the reason we take them is just to get a starting point for people. 
because we all we all like to track progress. We like to see progress. Um, nutrition progress can be a little bit more difficult to track perhaps. Um, if someone's like, hey, Zach, am I getting stronger? It's very easy to be like, well, what'd you back squat last year compared to this year? We can keep track of those numbers. But um, tracking progress in nutrition um, or tracking health can be a little bit more difficult, right? So the biometric that we really love is body fat percentage. Um, body fat percentage Weight also does correlate with, with health, but body fat percentage is a much more stronger relationship with overall health. Um, sometimes we have elite athletes, right? If you took a CrossFit Games athlete, their BMI would be um, in the like obese category. Their BMI would be terrible because they're fairly, fairly short and stocky. They have a lot of muscle on them, um, so they actually weigh a fair amount. Um, so their BMI their, compared to their height, exactly yeah. their height weight ratio. Um, it's just not a good indicator of their health. But when we start looking at other numbers, uh, one of them being body fat percentage, um, then we start to get to see a, a better picture. So we, we, we do really like having some sort of numbers. Um, so we can just kind of let know where clients are at and kind of where we want to go. Um, yeah. Anything you want to add to the light side? Um, I mean, I think those were the two main, just being able to visibly see something, measure it. I think from a nutrition coach standpoint, right, having people are more willing to try the program when they see uh, numbers and, and results that are actually on paper versus people just saying, yeah, I feel a lot better. Um, so I think that's light side as well yeah and that's why this is a fairly difficult conversation to navigate through because i believe there is light side dark side to numbers on a scale mm -hmm. right um the dark side of biometrics is that we can become too fixated on these numbers okay body fat percentage or weight doesn't doesn't tell the whole story and we know that we know it's just one quantitative value that we can obtain from this scale right so the dark side is that when we start doing something just to move that number in the in the right direction okay and a lot of time it's people the dark side is obsessing over the weight on a scale, right? Not everybody has the in-body machine at home. So they're stepping on their regular scale every day and looking at weight, looking at weight, looking at weight. And then using that number as a determining factor for their success or even just if you're weighing yourself first thing in the morning, it, I mean, it literally could ruin someone's whole day if that number hasn't changed, which is crazy that to think that it would change every day. It, yeah. Yeah, so we can't, we can't place our value, you know, as a human and the work we're putting in and everything that we're doing to improve our health and nutrition into one single number on a scale. Okay. We, we really got to be mindful of that, everybody. So yes, we do like to take some biometrics. I like to look at someone's body fat percentage because it's going to give us just a quick idea of where we're at. Right. And understanding that the body fat percentage that we're looking to decrease isn't we're not in the business of just getting people to like lose weight so that they look better. But 
a lot of times when people are coming to us to be healthier, the body fat percentage does correlate with overall health. Okay. We, we should know this, that when someone is like 30% or higher, right, that's falling into a unhealthy, it's, it is an unhealthy range. That's just, right. It's, it's not, it's not fat shaming or anything is that our bodies are not meant to run very efficiently when the body fat is too high. So getting people to, um, work towards a healthy range. Okay. Which for females, it's like around 20% body fat males, maybe closer to 15%, but getting people to work towards that range gives us feedback as a coach gives us feedback on is what we're doing, moving us in the right direction. The same idea as writing down weights when we squat, are we getting stronger? It also gives values to the client so that they're paying us good money that they also want to know that it's working. So um, I think that's just important to understand that, yes, I think taking biometrics is good. We have to be in the right headspace to understand that numbers don't define us. Also the scale right? The number that the scale is about to spit out is completely out of your control. Um, and let's be very clear on that. The number the scale is about to put out is out of your control. However, there are things that you can do that are in your control to help your health, right? The food that goes in your mouth, how much you're eating, the quality that you're eating, your exercise, your sleep, all of those things you can control. You can control what time you go to bed for the most part. Um, you can control the food that's in your house. You can control what you're going to cook for dinner. So it's really, um, it's not focusing too much on the scale or the biometrics. Those are just... They're like a secondary exactly. um, method to track, to track progress. So we can't let it derail progress, right? Yeah. We have a lot of people that, for whatever reason, the numbers that it shows, they're just not they're not going down fast enough. And I mean, we, we've had this come up quite a few times where um, maybe people will lose three pounds in a month and, you know, maybe they worked really hard for them in a month, but actually three pounds in a month is quite remarkable and is, seems super sustainable. Cause if you think of that over the course of a full year, you know, three to four pounds a month, I mean, that could be 40, 50 pounds at the end of the year. Three pounds a month is, yeah, 36 pounds over years. And that, that is a serious, serious health. And I bet you confidence improvement and self-esteem enhancer, like I'm saying, Mm -hmm. the health that comes with losing weight or losing body fat percentage is also going to give us some other remarkable things. Um, And we just want to be very clear on that is... I mean, yes, we use the in-body machine, but that's not how we're defining everything. Yeah, um, I mean, I think a lot of some other ways to feel um, and talk about that progress is just, I mean, your mood, your confidence, your energy levels. Are you sleeping better? Are your clothes fitting better? Are you just yeah, generally I, feeling better in workouts? I think those are all if not more important, um, but just as important than any number that's ever going to come up on the scale. Absolutely. Um, progress photos kind of tell the, a similar story to body fat percentage. Like, I mean, your clothes are fitting better. Your progress photos are looking better. That's also your squats meaning, are going up. Yeah. 
you're running better, your burpees are better. That's also an indication your body fat percentage is heading in the right direction. So um, it's using those numbers to help people, but making sure we don't cross over the dark side and start like living each day for a body fat percentage number. I mean, we, we generally would take biometrics with people um, every two weeks or every four weeks. And again, mostly a tool because someone's going, hey, Zach, I've been doing plate method for a month. Is it working? Let's see. We yeah. just, you know, the scale just gives us a, a quick chance to be like, hey, yeah, it's definitely working. You're down 1.8% um, of body fat. Like, that's amazing. We're definitely doing the right things and it's heading in the right direction. And then on the other side, let's just say, um, let's just say it's not going well. And then we should also turn that into a positive. Okay, so you've been working on some things. Um, it's not, you know, it doesn't seem like it's moving in the right direction. Right, the body fat percentage is still the same. Let's 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 dive into this a bit more and find another area we can work on, tweak something. Right, we we should want to know that. Do we want like yeah. nobody wants to be in a strength program for twelve months and then figure out at the end of the twelve months, wow, I'm not stronger <laughs> at all. Right, that is like that is a serious waste of time. Um, not a waste of time, but you know what I mean. If the goal is to get stronger, we want yeah. to get stronger. If the goal is to get healthier then we want to get healthier. So sometimes, again, another light side of the biometrics is it's going to show us some progress or it's going to... Lead us in a different direction. Yeah, get us yeah. back on track. So, I mean, it, it is like just the ultimate um, tool to just like quickly check in to be like, okay, do we stay on this track right now or do we need to do a couple more things to perhaps kick these results back in uh, to gear? So, um, yeah, that's all I have to say on that one. Yeah. Light side, dark side of everything. Um, hope you guys liked that one. We will be back. We actually have a special guest planned. We have a relationship issue. Uh, issue. Like we're putting printing a magazine. Relationship episode planned. So we've got some big things in the works. Um, we will talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, keep going, guys. Keep working hard. Hang in there. Good things are coming. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. We really appreciate your support and hope to have you back again soon. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Ted Good Music and the band Heat for allowing us to use their music. Until next time, let's keep rewriting our story and redefining who we are. Tell me.